The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly Reed. This week we're going to be talking about Devious drivers? Or vicious Vicious. vehicles. Vicious vehicles. I like it. Mm -hmm. Because we already have like D episodes. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. And next week I was trying to think like what topic I want to pick. And I was like, I kind of want to do Dismal Disney. Oh, okay. Because I recently learned some like fucked up shit. Oh, no. (laughs) So I listened to this podcast called Eat the Rich. And I've decided I love it. It's about uh, late stage capitalism, but it's like kind of comedic. They're goofy and fun, and they just talk about the economy. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, they had an episode with Chelsea from the Dead Meat podcast where they talked about uh, Disney and its hand in capitalism. <laughs> oh yeah, they were on board with that shit. It's a two part episode. It's really long, but it's really good. I mean, they're it's still really milking good. that cow, so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, so I was like, man, I want to have like a dry, like a D titled episode this time, and then another D episode next. Yeah, there week. we go. Vicious vehicles. Vicious vehicles. I love it. Okay, well, welcome to Vicious Vehicles. Kelly picked this topic. What inspired you? Um. So we, really, I stumbled on. Last week when we were talking about social media, I looked more at apps and how Lyft and Rideshare in general is just a fucking nightmare sometimes. Uh, So that kind of sprung that on. And then we started talking about Frankie Muniz and Uma Thurman and like a lot of other celebrities who have had really bad run-ins with cars. So figured it'd be a good time to talk about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, every time I hear of NASCAR, I always just think of Frankie Muniz. <laughs> because I think it's so bizarre that he became a professional NASCAR driver. Like, that was part of his career. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's wild. It's He was always passionate about cars. And I swear, I swore, I thought to... I swear I thought there was a movie he was in that um where he did soapbox racing or something and he played a kid in a wheelchair this is like deep in my memories on like disney channel oh i think i think i know what you're talking about but i don't think it was frankie muniz i couldn't find it anyways but i did find is a different uh racing drag racing uh movie that disney channel made that actually stars brie larson when she was a wee baby oh my (laughs) yeah she had brown hair still Oh, it was a driving movie? It, yeah, it was drag racing. It was about two two sisters in NAS, NASCAR. It wasn't actually NASCAR because they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. But um, it's called uh, Right on Track. Oh, I, it's crazy. I love Disney movies, but... Or like the Disney, Disney Channel, Channel movies, movies specifically. specifically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was weird. <laughs> they but were good. They were really good. <laughs> oh, man, who could ever forget... Uh, Thir- what was it? 13? 13. 13, yeah. yeah. The kid who turns into a mermaid. Uh, Luck of the Irish. Yeah, Luck uh, of the fucking Johnny Irish. Johnny fucking Tsunami. Halloween Town. Wish Upon a Star. We could go on. Oh, my God. 
It's so great. It's so funny how you look back on some of those movies and they star people who are famous today that you like just straight up don't recognize them. Yeah. Back then. Like I remember I decided to rewatch Wish Upon the Star, which is about the two sisters who switch bodies. Right. Because one is on like the the literally the super pretty I want to do my hair and nails type. She like and then, looks like Britney Spears. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one is like, I'm going to play basketball. Right? Um, She wasn't really a I don't know. If I remember but she's like edgier. Yeah, there are the twins she's that like play grungier. basketball too. I think I'm confusing the two. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the two tall twin, blonde twins yeah. who played basketball. I remember that one. There was also the the cheerleading movie. Oh my god! And Cadet like, Kelly. Cadet fucking Kelly. <laughs> god, I'm so sorry. If you aren't like in our age group, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But you need to go look them up because yes, like, it's worth I a watch. Know, I don't how well they have survived the years but i did rewatch johnny's tsunami in recent years and let me tell you it did not disappoint yeah that used to be me and my dad's favorite movie to watch together it was a good movie and there's like always like a wholesome moral at the end yeah and all the kids jumping in the air they're so excited about their disney channel movie you know what i mean like you know you just learn that people who ski are assholes yeah they deserve to lose because their dads are rich and they want to tear down half the mountain or something whatever but oh my god it's so funny (laughs) okay so every ski movie is the same even if it's johnny tsunami because i definitely watched always sunny in philadelphia we've been on like a kick lately and there's an episode where they go it's like the ski lodge episode where they make fun of ski movies because they're all the fucking same it's literally like you go to the resort and you party and that's just what you do and when you're at the mountain it doesn't matter if you've never skied before you're gonna be great at it and then somebody's gonna come along and want to take down the mountain and make it more like commercialized and then you're gonna have to have a ski competition to see if the mountain gets taken or not every time without fail that is every single ski movie have you seen better off dead because i actually that's my personal favorite ski movie it is i believe a late 80s film so it's like prime ski movie time oh gosh and it's a comedy uh starring uh john cusack as a teenager and is that why they put him in uh, was he in Hot Tub Time Machine? He was, Probably. Right? I think he was. I don't know about that. That was another ski like, movie. That was another <laughs> ski movie. I loved, I, I loved Hot Tub Time Machine. I saw, hot, time machine I saw hot, hot Tub Time Machine in theaters twice. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, this is way better than I anticipated. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even expect to like it. Yeah. Actually. And Same. I, I thought it looked ridiculous and stupid, but I was like, I love Craig Robinson, so I'll watch this. And then, and then I was like, I'm going to so go see it again. <laughs> yes. I actually haven't seen it since theaters, but yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine. It's a ride. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I guess we should get back to our actual topic. <laughs> what was it? What? Vicious vehicle? vehicles. Vicious. I almost said venomous Vicious. <laughs> Venomous vehicle. (laughs) Watch out, they bite. (laughs) That sounds like a really bad B movie. It sounds like um, a Goosebumps book. (gasps) You're so right. It does. Okay, before we get off topic even more (laughs) with Goosebumps. With more like '90s content. Yeah, we gotta double back here. Yeah, we need to to get we need to get the ball rolling. it sounds like you have a slew of things, so. I, yeah. So the thing was, there were a few things that I wanted to talk about, and none of them were long enough and or were too depressing because mm. uh, we definitely get into some sad parts. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to, like, 
actually make a sandwich out of my topic because oh sick okay I thought you were about to be like an actual sandwich and no. I was like hell you're recording <laughs> no because like two of my topics are very very depressing and one of them is actually kind of good in certain ways um, I did forget about the Paul Walker thing and I can't believe I just I did all of my research on driving and didn't fucking include anything about the Fast and the Fucking Furious. Yeah, Fast. I'm well, glad you included some of that. It's a tumble in there because I mean, it's uh, first of all, Fast and Furious, the original, so fucking good. Oh yeah, and a lot of the oh, movies yeah. since then have been good too. They're, they've gotten a little campier, like oh, more and more ridiculous over oh, time. I kind of want to do a Fast and the Furious like marathon because I haven't seen all the movies. I've mostly only really seen the first one in Tokyo Drift, and I just want to see like the progression, the evolution. Actually, the first time I ever saw Fast and Furious was, was with Brendan. Really? Yeah, because he loves that movie. Uh, yeah, it, I mean. <laughs> good fucking movie i mean the second one's really good too it's funny because it's like they start off really good and it's not like they get less good really it's just they get more insane like the the one that's about to come out they like there's another there's a flying car (gasps) yeah like (laughs) okay you want to talk about underrated driving movies that like i will i will stand by this film the live action speed racer film is actually really good mm-hmm. and i know it didn't do well in theaters it didn't do well period because i think like you have to be familiar with anime really to mm-hmm. have gotten it because they really kept the campy anime feel to it but they like did it like so intense and like the colors are so vibrant and the way they filmed it is so fun and like oh my god i saw it and was like i am genuinely impressed and i actually as someone as an anime fan who doesn't specifically care about Speed Racer, mm-hmm. I loved it. Huh. I'm going to have to give it a try then because I definitely saw it and was like, absolutely not. That looks ridiculous. But that I was mean, also before I was like really into anime. That so makes sense. That, that yeah. probably influenced it. So, but you can just tell the people who made it were so fucking passionate about yeah. Speed Racer. I was like, oh They're my God. They wanted to say true to it because I loved yeah. I loved watching Speed Racer as a kid. I, always, yeah. I thought it was fun. I didn't watch it much. I remember Speed Racer um, – Okay, you know, like, Dexter's Lab and, like, mm-hmm. Johnny Bravo and crap? Like, there would always be episodes of cartoons where they would, like, mock Speed Racer or, like, joke about it. And, mm-hmm. like, there's a specific episode of Dexter's Lab that, like, just comes to mind every single time I think of Speed Racer because, like, that's essentially where I learned what Speed Racer was. They have a whole episode centered around it. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because they tried – they modeled that episode in the animation, like, after the anime. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun. I just, we'll just have to watch it, I okay. guess. <laughs> Fast and Furious. Paul Walker was, like, the main dude in, like, the first few, really. Yeah. My mom was in love with him, which He's is another. Hot. Yeah, there's first another. That's, like, the another reason why I wanted to go into it is because my mom was obsessed with him, and she was so upset when he passed. Mm. Um, so Paul Walker, um... He died in a car crash in a car that was traveling at a speed of over 100 miles per hour, and it burst into flames. Um, he was found dead along with his friend and financial advisor, Roger Rodas, on the 30th of November, and it burnt out Porsche Carrera GT in Los Angeles. I didn't realize he was passionate about cars off screen. Yeah, they actually – so recently – I have to look up what, what the car was. They recently released a new car and said that – um, it was in honor of Paul Walker. Oh, um, 
and like it's dedicated to him. I have to look at what that car is. Um, My eye will not stop watering. I'm sorry if you keep seeing me touch it. It's because it's so, like it's so sad. It's like a tear is about to come out or something. It's because it's sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> him and his friend both died of traumatic and thermal injuries. Thermal, like yeah, it was super like they, hot. Like they were being burned inside the car oh god they were burned alive it's a terrible terrible fucking death there's no drugs or alcohol detected in either men either they were completely sober just having a fucking joyride so the investigator for the los angeles coroner was uh describing that it was driving at an unsafe speed speed sorry and an easterly direction what does easterly mean like east oh just going east east yeah just going going east. east direction yeah um, and for an unknown reason, the driver lost control of the vehicle, and the vehicle partially spun around and began to travel in a southeastern direction. Uh, the vehicle then struck a sidewalk, and then the, and the driver's side struck a tree, and then a light post, because they were just going so far, like, so fast, they are basically, like, just pinging oh off of stuff. God. Um, and the force of these collisions caused the vehicle to spin 180 degrees, and it continued to travel in an eastern direction. The passenger side of the vehicle then struck a tree and then it burst into flames. The coroner said the porch was found the Porsche was found totaled with major traffic collision damage all around it, and it appeared the vehicle was almost split in half by the tree. There's oh no foul God. play, there's nothing like there's no conspiracy theories around yeah. it. It's which is really it's fucking just sad. An accident. Yeah, and Walker was filming scenes for Fast and Furious Seven when it happened. Like this was completely out of nowhere. Walker and Rodas were the owners of a motor racing team, and Rodas was also a professional driver. So I mean, these—that's what makes it so fucking sad. They're like, professional. I mean, there's professional drivers in NASCAR who, yeah, it, something happens and dies. But like, I'm sure they weren't going nearly as fast. I mean, as, they're going 100 miles per hour. Like they well, were booking it. NASCAR can go up to 200. Yeah. So yikes. like, yeah, it's like it's pretty yikes. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just really sad because number one, he. Well, for multiple reasons. Obviously, like, traffic accidents are just horrible. Yeah. And this is a guy who had a, a great career, you know, and he – there's no way to expect it. They're, they're just, like, two guys out having a fun time. It's like, a dream job for a car enthusiast. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they're, it's not like they're drinking and driving. They're not doing, like, anything irresponsible, really, other yeah. than driving super fast. And then, you know, like, all it takes is one moment of losing control of the car. Like, if there's something on the road or, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's gone. Um, Yeah, like maybe something ran out in the middle of the road or something. Yeah. Um, In Fast and Furious 7, I believe they left some scenes of him in the movie. But then they definitely at the end dedicated the film to him. Of course. And like I said earlier, let me just pull this up so I can have the actual name of the car. It reminds me of, like, Steve Irwin dying making a documentary about Stingrays. Like, it's just, like, you just you died doing what you love. What you love, And I'm yeah. just so sad about it's just, it. It's awful. Um, I remember when Steve Irwin died. I remember that. And I was upset. Everyone was. Mm-hmm. People are still upset. Yeah. I mean, it's awful. There's a there's a Paul Walker Foundation. Um, well. It's just, you know, light of his unique spirit, far-reaching goals, and spontaneous goodwill. So it's just made in honor of him. He was supposed to be, like, this really awesome guy. And his daughter, like, remem- like talks about all these wonderful things about him. It's, it's really fucking sad. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. R.I.P. How old is Paul? Paul? He, was, was he? he was not that old. I think he was in his 30s. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think he was old. 
Yeah. I just was curious because when did Fast and the Furious even come out? Like 2000? Oh, yeah. Let me find that out. So, 2005? He. So. It's Fast definitely 2000s. The first Fast and Furious was 2001. 2001? Yeah. That's earlier than I thought. Damn, son. Okay. Yeah, and he was. They don't make movies like they used to. 2001 pumped out some shit. Yeah. Like, between, like, Fast and Furious and Lord of the Rings, like... Oh, yeah, the 2000s was a time. The early 2000s was such a, like, we have the technology, we're gonna make these fucking movies, Mm -hmm. but without the CGI, so everything is so sick, Mm because it's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they they take these effects. Also, I think, uh, so we were watching Indiana Jones last night, and I think that was made in... Somewhat early 2000s. Indiana Jones? Yeah, the Crystal Skull. Oh, that was like 2010. Was it? I hate that movie. You know, that's what that's what <laughs> Brendan said too. And then he watched it and he was like, actually, this isn't as bad as I remember. And I was like, I never really hated this movie. It's I good. was like aliens though. But I mean, at the same time, look at, look at, you know, Raider of the Lost Ark and like a man gets his face melted off. Yeah. But like, I guess for me, I'm not a Shia LaBeouf fan. Like the only time I've ever liked Shia LaBeouf was even Stevens. That's the last time I ever believed him and his acting. Mm. He, I don't know. I felt like he left Disney Channel and was just like, I'm the serious actor. And yeah. I'm just like, you're in a movie about like crystal aliens. Like chill. Honestly, the <laughs> fucking vine swinging scene was ridiculous i don't know if you remember that but he goes flying through the vines like they're in a car chase i probably blocked he gets it stuck from my on memory. some vines and then the monkey starts swinging from the vines and he's like i have an idea and he starts swinging from the vines like tarzan and he's like able to catch up to the cars because of it <laughs> oh <laughs> my god amazing <laughs> i mean it's kind of great if you're into that campy stuff anyway I, mean, I am into that campy stuff i think i just had like a stick up my ass like about Charlotte buff also i think that movie came out like when i was being super serious about film and whatever i so. think you should rewatch it because what we did recently was we watched all the indiana jones movies and honestly like watching them back to back and then seeing it i'm like no this totally fits because like they 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 were getting a little bit more campy every time yeah so it honestly checked out and i thought it was fun anyway all right so back on topic next thing i want to talk about with celebrities and cars uh uma thurman so there was an accident during kill bill it's like volume two and it's like an iconic scene it's in black and white where she's like going to meet him and it's like I she's driving super kill fast bill. you can kill me now i haven't seen <gasps> kill bill. i've seen clips of it i saw it on tv and half of it is like redacted i oh. never was in, i never was in a situation where someone was like we're watching kill bill so uma thurman is about to be part of this scene in kill bill that involves her like high speed in a car okay um and she had asked a stunt person to drive the convertible for for the scene, but it's like an iconic scene. Like people who have seen the movie know exactly what it is. But she heard from a teamster that the vehicle might not be performing properly. So they she wanted a stunt man to do it because she's like, okay, well, this is obviously gonna be dangerous. And I'm the actor, and we should probably like take precautions in order for me to be safe. Um, so put like a professional in the car. But Tarantino pushed her to drive it herself anyway. Oh, my God. No. And so she ended up hitting a palm tree, like, in pretty high speeds. 
Um, there's a video of it on Instagram that she posted, which I'll go into in a second. Oh but her, her head slumps backward in the clip, and eventually she has to be lifted out of the vehicle. So she doesn't think that there's malicious intent on Tarantino's part. Tarantino is like deeply regretful. He's remorseful about it, like to this day. Yeah, and he fucking should be. Yeah. And so to make up for it, he like negotiated to get that footage of the crash because they like all right, so the the really bad part about this is the crash happened, and then the producers of the movie, who are Lawrence Bender, E. Bennett Walsh, and Harvey Weinstein, um, they're solely responsible for lying, destroying the evidence, and then continuing to lie about the permanent harm that they that Uma Thurman got because she like messed up her spine and like she was physically hurt by the event. They wanted to cover their asses. So they got rid of the footage, they covered it up, they said it didn't happen, like, they were basically saying, like, oh, she's making it up, you know? And Tarantino, to his credit, went out of his way to find that footage and get it to her. He couldn't get it to her until 15 years later, which is, like, the shitty part, but he did put in the work to get it and give it to her so that she could expose it and let it see the light of day. And he did it knowing that most likely it would cause him personal harm, like releasing that and like saying that he put her in that position, you know, like he knew that it could hurt his reputation to give her that footage and he did it anyway because he knew it was the right thing. So she still stands by that and says that she commends him uh, for doing the right thing and for his courage to standing up to these big wig guys and getting it done. Um, And all of this was during the Me Too movement too when like – Harvey Uma Thurman came out and also um, was one of the stories, one of the many stories in which Harvey Weinstein made a pass at her. And uh, so she releases the footage. Who did he not make a pass at? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Quentin Tarantino is still awesome. And Harvey Weinstein will suck forever. God bless Uma Thurman. I can't believe they were like, it wasn't worse. What else do you expect from a fucking... I'm just glad she's okay, and Me it could have been because it could have been a lot worse. All right, she so, could have died. Yeah, it was it was a terrible situation to put her in. Like with uh, what's his name? Brandon Lee, mm-hmm. Bruce Lee's son. Yeah, he was just straight up fucking shot. Yeah, <laughs> take better care of your actors, guys. Yeah. Um. All right. So the last thing I want to go into, and I'm I there's so many stories. It's really fucking sad. I'm only going to talk about three because it. <sighs> All of it is awful. Uber and Lyft, all those rideshare apps, they're they are good. They're great. Like, to have, you know, especially on, like, nights out where, you know, you're drunk and you don't – you shouldn't be driving. I mean, they come in use in use. Like, it's, it's a great tool to have. However, whenever you put in the human element, you can't avoid who's going to be in charge of that car. You know, like, most of the time, or at least I'd like to think that most of the time, they're – it's fine. It's normal people. But every so often, more often than I really realized that you get fucking assholes and pieces of shit. So I'm going to start. I have three different stories. They're all a little different. First one, Tylasha Strother. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but there it is. Strother. Um, so she flew into Hartsfield, Jackson, Atlanta International <laughs> Airport. Yeah, sorry. I had to start with Atlanta. No. Um, but she flew in from New York, uh, New York City on Thursday night for the holiday weekend and used Uber's ride-sharing option. 
When the second passenger got in the car at the airport, she says they both noticed that the Uber driver was talking to herself. She was doing sign language, but it was weird because she wasn't talking to anyone. Like, it, it, she was using her hands like she was speaking, but wasn't speaking. Um, the driver yeah. was doing this? Okay. When the driver arrived at the destination at the Berkeley Heights Apartments on Northside Drive, the other passenger got out as well. Like, they both got out together. And she told the driver, I'm sorry, I just don't feel comfortable riding with you. Then the Uber was offended, started yelling, and got kind of physical. Um, the Uber driver took the passenger's phone and threw it on the floor. And then the Uber driver speeds off, hitting both of them on her way out. So if she didn't land on her duffel bag, she probably would not be alive. <laughs> she had a fractured back and has to wear a neck brace basically forever now. Um, forever? Yeah. So she's like stuck in a neck her, brace. Her and, neck can't support itself? Well, yeah, she has a fractured back. I mean, I thought that could heal. I don't know. I would hope it will heal, but she's been in it ever since. So you get the angry people who have these like bursts and take it yeah. out on the fucking passengers, which is insane. She ran over someone. Holy she ran over two people. Fuck. She ran over two, two people. people. She hit two people with her car, which is insane. And then taking somebody's phone and like trying to break it too. Like the whole thing is just insane. If you have those kind of anger issues, you do not need to be driving people around. Um, no, sir. Fucking re. All right. So the next one's from Seattle. Um, Lyft deactivated a driver in Seattle after police say he demanded sex from a rider before dragging her beside his car as he, as she tried to retrieve her lost phone. What do you mean dragging her? Like he was driving and he was holding on to her and dragging her? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, All right. So after being dropped off by a Lyft driver at home, the victim realized she left her iPhone 6 in the the car. Um, So she used an iPad to call her phone and then the driver answered. However, the Lyft driver told the woman, I'm working. You're not going to talk to me like that, and you don't deserve your phone back, while repeatedly hanging up on her. What a psycho. Yeah. Um, and eventually, he said he would bring the phone back if she had sex with him. And that was the only reason, or the only way that he would bring her phone. So the driver returns to the ho- to the house and meets her outside. Because she said, sure, just give me the fucking phone. Yeah. And then she noticed that he was holding her phone. So she tried reaching in the vehicle through the driver's side window, at which point he dry- he starts speeding away while her arm is still inside the car. So he's dragging her and... Wait, this person said all this stuff to her, and I'm by absolutely no means blaming her. I just can't believe she didn't bring someone with her. I, I would have brought someone with me to meet this person. Yeah, I don't if think they, it would have helped, though. If because- they, I, I can't say it would have necessarily helped, at least have a witness. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, holy fuck. Okay. So he just drags her alongside the car and she ends up with multiple lacerations and abrasions on her feet, legs, and arms. I and just hands. would have been scared of being raped. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, all of these things. All of these None things. of these situations should be happening in a fucking lift. Oh my God. This is just blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, there's also another one that I left out that I do just want to mention because it ha- tends to happen a lot. Oh, no. And I think it's worth mentioning, like, I read several, several cases of the same sort of thing happening where um, it was a girl who's extremely drunk and her friend helps her into an Uber, and can't go with her for whatever herself. reason. Yeah. So she's by herself, like, inebriated in the back of a car and the driver, like, takes advantage. Like, this girl says she doesn't remember even getting in the car but she, like, wakes up, like, comes to, and her pants are, like, she's in a strange man's car, and her pants are, like, or her pants and panties are down by her ankles, and he's, like, 
assaulting her. Like, that's what she wakes up to. And it's happened multiple times. So I know we as women like to think, oh, we can take care of ourselves. Do not, do not, even like in a very safe situation, do not get into a lift by yourself when you're drunk. Men too. Men too. Men get assaulted men too. too. Yes. Oh my God. I've read some terrifying stories about men being assaulted because men assume they will not be assaulted. Yeah. If you're drunk and alone, don't get in an Uber by yourself. Like, call a friend, find a place that you can stay the night if you can. It's just a lot better if you're not in these cars because, I mean, like, it happens way too but- fucking often. Always have a backup plan or at least be with somebody. Be with somebody. <laughs> like, And you know, sometimes people suck and they ditch you and they're terrible friends and awful things happen. Or yeah. Like, I just, there's just so many circumstances. It's, it, there's so many circumstances that surround it, but like. If you're able to. If you're able. If you're able, like, please. Yeah. Please just try. Yeah. All right. And then another one I'm, I wanted to mention because I, I was a driver for a little while in Florida. Um, it was when I was like. Bringing a job that didn't pay very well, and I just, like, wanted to make some extra cash. And so I was, like, driving around. And I only did it, like, a couple times. And it was fine. Like, I didn't have any issues. But 10 minutes down the road from me, another girl was um, a driver for a lift. And one of the people that she dropped off um, dragged her out of her car and into his house and assaulted her. Wait, she was the driver? She was the driver, and the passenger did that. It's so fucking sketchy, and I hate it. They have made strides to make it safer. Like, now, I know when it started out, you didn't have these features, but now you can physically see the car, see the person, Mm -hmm. and see the license plate. That way, like, there's ways for you to confirm it. And then, on the driver's end... Because driver needs to be safe, too. Driver needs to be safe, too. You're given a – Uber does this, Lyft doesn't. But they give you a pin. You have to give the driver the pin before he can take you to your location. Oh, to confirm that you are the correct they, person? Yeah, that you're the correct person in the car. I mean, you could still be the correct person and fucking assault someone. But, yeah. You know, at least that's that's better it's, than it's better someone than taking someone else's Uber yeah. and shit like that and whatever. Last one. Okay. <laughs> Moment Hamden um, – dropped off a Lakeview woman at her home after she hailed a ride with Lyft on May 31st. And during that ride, Hamden told the woman she was beautiful and asked questions about her love life. Um, the victim began texting a friend, help, a driver scary hitting on me. And at one point, Hamden told the woman that he received a message from Lyft and needed to pick up another passenger. So he had to have her move to the front seat to make room. Nope. Absolutely fucking not. I'd be like, sorry, they can sit in the front seat. Yeah. I'm not fucking doing it. I don't give a fuck who you are. But I mean, there's also, it's like that ingrained politeness of women. I know, but that's, that's why I'm glad I grew up very rude. Yeah. I grew up so fucking rude. My mom was like, why are you so rude? And I'm like, this is why. This is why I'm fucking rude. Yeah. I'm glad for it. Like, oh God, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't don't care your age. I don't give a shit. If I feel weird, I'm like, get away from me. I'm going to take a- Get the fuck away from me. I'm going to take my fucking, my favorite murder quote and put it right here. Say you're sorry later. And if they're a decent person, they'll understand. Yeah. If if they're a good person, they won't care. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, good on you for being safe. Like, Jesus Christ. No. uh, No. no. Yeah. Um, So anyway, she gets into the front seat, and it was there that Hamden began touching the woman's upper thigh without her permission. I would have stabbed him with a pencil or something. Anything I had on me, my whatever. I don't know. He, He never picks up another passenger. I would have broken his hands so yeah. fucking fast. I'm sorry. I just this makes me so angry. Like I feel so bad for her, and yeah. I just want to beat this man up. <laughs> I know. Same. 
Um, when he finally pulled up to the woman's building, he asked to come inside. And then when she says no, Hamden locked the car doors and asked for her number before she could get out. I would have assaulted the fuck out of this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I would have kicked him in the face and be like, you let me out of this goddamn fucking car. Yeah. So the woman complies, probably just to like get it over with and get the fuck out of the car, you know, um, hoping that he would just unlock the car doors is, is what um, prosecutor said. Um, then he then grabs her and tries to kiss her, but the victim twists it away and he ends up just kissing her cheek, which is still fucking awful. Disgusting. Yeah. And then once inside, the woman calls Lyft, reports the incident, and he was later fired by the company. However, a couple weeks later- He found her number? He had her number still, like from when she complied and gave it to him. Um, and so he calls her a couple weeks later- and in the voicemail, he goes, listen, bitch, you got them to fire me at Lyft. I'm going to fuck your ass up. And he knows where she lives because he dropped her off at her house. So she's terrified for her safety because she knows this guy kn- knows where she lives. Oh my and, like, God. she has a case pending against him, but he's not arrested. He just got fired. God damn it. So, if I, oh, my God. I swear to God. If I, 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 This is me theorizing. You never know until you're actually in the moment what the fuck you're going to do. If you're getting creepy vibes from someone and you know the address they're taking you to is their house, like, I feel like I would have looked at my phone and been like, oh, my God, I typed in the wrong address. Actually, I'm yeah. here. And, like, whoops. And, I like, mean, changed the address honestly, or Honestly, it's a good general like, it's rule. my friend's place like oh I'm, my god well it's a good general rule um to not have ride shares drop you off at your house yeah absolutely uh, drop your get some get dropped off somewhere that's like really close by if you can and then like walk from there or you know have someone else pick you up especially in situations like this where like i'm no victim blaming at all because like this is a terrifying situation. Yeah. And I'm sure like – Like just give him the what he idea wants and just like, leave. Yeah, just give him what he wants and it'll be – Absolutely. Get it done with, you like, know. Like if you're not – if you're not wanting to fight a person. Yeah, and obviously like, the guy just, is crazy if he's like locking her inside the and, car. And like bye. Like, oh my god, he's my number. You're so funny. Bye. Yeah, and obviously the guy is unstable if he's like literally locking her in the fucking car. Anyway, that's just – a few of the many, many stories that there are about rideshare terrors. There's been a couple deaths, um, but there are so many assault cases and even more like sexual assault cases. Oh, I absolutely um, fucking bet. So just be God. careful. God, yeah. Um, I was about to say, I forgot at the beginning of the episode to be like, do you have any vicious vehicle? <laughs> uh, okay, so when I was 10 or between 10 or 12, I think. Probably in between there and at, at like 11. It doesn't matter. Anyway, my mom wanted to take us on a trip to Halloween Horror Nights for the first time. Um, and it we was had. The first time. It was the first time Aww. going to Halloween Horror Nights. We were going with my brother and uh, my nephew. And I'm sleeping in like the trunk area of an SUV, which is, you know, like the big open. Big open space. Yeah, it's like a great place for a child to lay down and go to sleep. It was raining. And my mom's on, like, this two-lane road going down to Orlando. Uh, there is a semi-truck in front, beside, and behind us. Oh, my God. And then a median immediately to the left. So the truck on the right side comes over on top of us, not seeing my mom. And so my mom swerves not to not be hit by him and hits a puddle on the high, on this interstate. And the car flips side over side six times and then end over end four times. Um, and at some point during all of that, the trunk latch had come unlocked 
And so I'm like wrapped up in pillows and blankets and I go flying out of the car and I'm still wrapped up in the pillows and blankets when they find me later. <laughs> like I got, I only got scratched up, no broken bones, no anything. My mom was in the car the whole time. Where did you land? In the median. That's so what I like, thought. yeah, okay, it was on the like, median, yeah. Yeah, so it was like the, the grassy median in between like the the two two way. That's insane. You could have flown out and like just flown right into the truck. Yeah. Like, that's just fucking wild to me. My brother was a couple cars ahead of us, so he saw the entire thing in the rearview mirror. Like, he watched the whole thing happen. Which is terrifying. Yeah, so he freaked the fuck out. He, like, parked on the interstate and, like, starts running. And then the second he realizes my mom and I are okay, he runs up to the truck driver and starts beating the ever-living shit out of him. Oh, he just beat him? He just beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Did he get arrested for assault? No. Okay. Yeah, no, like, uh, the whole thing was was just a nightmare. I mean, it could have been so much worse. I think it was Hunter. I'm not, God, I can never remember. But there was someone who recently, we were talking about the Final Destination movies, and they were like, I actually know someone who almost died in a Final Destination way. It was one of those log trucks, and the log did come back, Mm. but it missed their head. Oh, that's It awful. was like right by their head. That is I was like, that is literally the nightmare. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> how out of a horror movie. Like, oh my God. Um, there is one more too that like, okay. it's vehicles. So vehicles. <laughs> my brother, when he was younger, like when he was in his 20s, um, he had a motorcycle and he's like a very safe driver, you know, and like has the legit helmet and shit, obviously. Um, but somebody ran a red light and hit him on his motorcycle. So he goes flying off of the bike and skids on the road to the point where it shaves down his helmet, <gasps> like, to his head. And then yeah. it stopped. And he, and was, he was in a coma for, like, um, like a, a week, I think, or, like, a couple weeks. Oh, my God. So there's that, too. There's a girl, <laughs> like, this is just fucking sad. I... I grew up having a lot of issues with youth groups, and for those of you who were part of church youth groups and had a great time, I'm very happy for you. Like, awesome. Like, I'm not trying to, like, burn down anyone's experiences or, like, beliefs or anything at all, but I just personally didn't have great experiences with them, Um, mostly because I think a lot of it wasn't really faith-based. It was just socializing-based. I had the same experience. Is kind of the issue is what it was. Like, none of it had anything really to do with the religion. It was just like, here's a bunch of kids in a group, and sometimes we talk about Jesus, and then they all, like, fuck around. But uh, I I had a friend who she was trying to test out various youth group communities and churches and whatnot, and I agreed to go with her because I was like, I don't care. I'll meet whoever. Like, well, fuck it. And um, there's this one particular church where I was like, I, so many bad vibes. It was huge, fucking huge. And the pastor literally were there for one day, one day. And the pastor's going on about like, I personally think being gay is a sin, but if you are, like, that's cool. Like, Mm. (laughs) I just said, all of this homophobic shit about how it's technically a sin, but it's okay because Jesus will forgive you. And oh I'm boy. like, oh my fucking God. And you're talking to a bunch of 14 and 15 year olds, like a slew, like there were so many kids. It was wild. And I was like, there's a huge chance a lot of kids in this crowd are actually gay and they feel like actual garbage yeah, right like, now. Ugh, like, oh my God. Like including my friend who was like very bi questioning at the time and just had a lot going on in her life, which was part of why 
we were looking to youth groups at the time, and everyone was dick, except for one girl who was really chill, really cool. She was there by herself, and we started talking to her, and we thought she was really cool, and we really liked her. And we were literally like, we want to go back just to see this girl. Mm-hmm. We go back, and like, and mind you, she's not friends with anybody there. She just like lives in the area, and her like mom makes her go essentially. And um, like, no one's friends with her. No one talks to her. We go back the next week, and she's in a coma from a motorcycle accident. Mm. And like, they're all like praying for her and talking about her like as if they like know. <laughs> and care about her and all this stuff but I'm like none of y'all would even talk to her I was so mad yeah I was just like this is that's how a lot of youth groups are they did the same thing to like one of the girls that I like there but I yeah yeah but it was just I just remember being so upset because the thing is is that we had just met her we were 14 we didn't have her social media at the time it was just MySpace like, Facebook wasn't even really a thing. And, like, we didn't have her number. That We were hoping to get this stuff from her as we got to know her in this group. But, like, she was in a coma. Yeah. A motorcycle accident That's with insane. her brother. And it was so upsetting. And, like, ever since then, I was, like, okay, uh, number one, terrified of motorcycles. Yeah. shit. Like, I met this girl a week ago. Mm-hmm. And now, like, she could potentially be in a coma forever. There's just times where I'm, like, yeah... I shouldn't be alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Like, I should be dead. Like, oh, my God. So many times I had the same thought. Woof. Yeah, right. I haven't had a horrific car accident. Thank God. Knock on wood that it stays that way. Mm-hmm. But even though I have this huge fear... Like, I have this fear. I just have this, like, feeling where I'm like, I'm going to die in a car accident. I don't know why I feel this way, but I just feel this way. And I'm trying to, like, counteract this thought in my head because I feel like... When you believe something, you make it happen. Yeah. So I'm trying to be like, that's just me making shit up. I'm yeah. Scared I'm gonna like do something. Just be ridiculous. aware of your know. safety. But um, my brother almost died in a car accident when he was 19. I was nine. He got hit by a truck, a semi truck. Um, and the truck didn't even realize he hit him. Wow. And so his car spun out three times, and he got hit three times Ugh. because the truck kept moving. And oh stop. my god! And Fucking so moron. He had to wear a neck brace for a while, but uh, they said that if he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, he would have been dead, That's like insane. straight up. He would have been dead if he didn't have a seatbelt on. And what's even crazier is my mom drove by the wreck, having no idea it happened. She was like, "Wow, that looks like Alex's car." And then my brother is a huge fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, mm-hmm. and he had he had a this iconic. Master Shake air freshener in his car that he had forever. That uh-huh. was like an identifier of his car. And she saw the Master Shake and went, it is Alex's car! And just jumped out of the car on the highway and went Aww. over there. She was like, that is Alex! Like, I can't imagine the terror, you know, of like being a parent and realizing that your child has been in an accident. One last story and then I'm I know, done. I know. And then we got to move on. Done. I know. But there's just so many car related <sighs> yeah, stories. It's, well, it's awful because it's like, it just happens constantly. I had a friend Ooh. whose sister got into a horrible accident. I don't know all the details. I know that she was in a coma for two months and she had to be lifelighted out. Like the jaws of death had to pull her out of the car. I think it's jaws of life. Yeah. Because if it was jaws of death, it'd kill her. Yeah. <laughs> probably not the right one. Jaws of life. Okay, so Jaws of Life, not Jaws of Death. Jaws of Life. Jaws of Life had to pull her out of the car and she had to get life lighted out. And my friend's mom, um, she was with her other daughter at the time. And she just had this horrible feeling where she was like, her and her, her and Tara, it was Tara's sister. It, her and Tara were having this conversation and she just like stopped and she was like, something is wrong. Like, 
my I need spidey call- senses yeah, are yeah. tingling. Like, I need to call Jennifer right now. And then that's how she found out that her daughter had been life-lighted to the hospital. God, yeah. I just, like, that's the terrifying thing about having kids is if something happens to them, what do <gasps> you do? <laughs> you freak the fuck out. You just lose your <laughs> shit. You just lose your goddamn you mind. You just lose your fucking shit. Until you know they're okay. Yeah, actually, like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I'm going to have to, like, mentally, like, practice to not be an overbearing mother. Because yeah. I'm just going to be like, they're dead. I mentioned this to Kelly last week off camera. I brought up Frankie Muniz because she thought about driving. And driving makes me think about NASCAR. I don't know anything about NASCAR other than Frankie Muniz was a NASCAR driver in that Disney Channel movie with Brie Larson. That's like the extent. Oh, and Talladega Nights was like one of oh my favorite God. movies as, in high, as an idiotic high schooler. I was like, this is peak comedy. Like, yeah. Well, they were just blatantly like making fun Walker, of the entire culture. Walker and Texas Ranger. I was like, I am here for this. Like, I, I love making fun of rednecks. Probably because I grew up around a bunch of rich kids who, like, thought they were rednecks. And it's yeah. like, no, you have because, so much wealth. <laughs> just because you live in Georgia does not make you a redneck. And there were some kids, I swear, they were purposely trying to have a southern accent. I was like, none of us have accents, my guy. Mm. Like, listen to how I, I talk. Like, there's, there's some words. I mean, I was younger. It actually was a little worse. I had some twangs here and there. But it wasn't like my family in Kentucky, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> Anyways, not the point. The point is, is I don't know anything about NASCAR, and I don't actually know people who are into NASCAR. What I do know about NASCAR is that it is a very white, male-dominated sport and fan base, and very southern, 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 southern roots. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing is essentially southern roots. Yeah. Um, but anyways... I was so convinced that Frankie Muniz's strokes were due to NASCAR, but after researching, the doctors don't actually know what caused it, but he did get into a really bad NASCAR wreck, and that is where mm. I was connecting these. He also got, he had a stroke on a motorcycle, though. Oh, God. Yeah. He, like, couldn't see out of one eye all of a sudden and, like, thought he was talking and no one could understand him, and his oh. fiance at the time was like, what is happening, and, like, took him to a hospital. Poor Frankie Muniz. But he did grow up getting a lot of concussions. Like, he's had at least nine concussions in his life. Like, at least. Jeez. He did a lot of sports. He's a very active kid, and he just got a lot of concussions. And, like, I wrote a paper on football injuries in college because we were told to pick a topic we normally wouldn't. And I'm like, well, I don't like – I don't care about football and sports, so I'm going to write a paper about football and sports. But I'm going to write about how it's fucking dangerous. Yeah. And it, like, prematurely kills people. It doesn't, you don't die in the sport. You die later. At, you have a, of a stroke at 50 from the concussions Con- from the consequences the sport. of the sport. The consequences of the sport. Anyways, in his experience as a professional race car driver in his 20s, he did get into a really bad accident where he um, broke his spine. Mm. And he damaged his ribs and hands as well. Through this research, I learned coming frighteningly more common among people in their 20s to have strokes. A a girl I used to work with had a stroke at 23, and my friend recently, a few months ago, in his 30s, had a stroke. Like, more and more people around me are, like, having strokes, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I think think a lot of it's stress-related, to be completely honest. Yeah. He had too many strokes, one in 2012, and then another one almost exactly a year later in 2013. Um, He publicly opened up about them um, and about his severe memory loss in 2017 when he was on Dancing with the Stars because they were talking about all of his, like... Because his body was just never able to move again the way that it was after all of these 
accidents and injuries and he says he just doesn't really remember much about being on Malcolm in the Middle and also doesn't remember receiving an Emmy nomination in 2001 for it either. He like says it doesn't super like get him down because he's just like a go 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 kind of person like he doesn't dwell on things too fast as how he describes himself. He says it doesn't really get him down, but I gotta say, like, it's gotta be obnoxious for people to recognize you for something you don't remember doing. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, it's a huge bummer to miss out on something like that, too. Luckily, there's, like, six seasons for you to catch up on, I guess. Maybe some of it could jog memories, but it's gotta be mostly uncomfortable to watch because you're seeing yourself and you don't remember it. Yeah. Like, that's just gotta be wild and, like, probably not fun to do. So growing up in the South, I've always heard that NASCAR was inspired by bootleggers. That's just what everybody always says when they bring up NASCAR. Like, oh, you know what the beginning of NASCAR is? Mm -hmm. It's from the Prohibition era. So I decided to look into that because I was curious to know. There is a mob museum. (laughs) It's called the Mob Museum. And they have a whole Prohibition section of their website. According to the Mob Museum, during the Prohibition era, bootleggers uh, used souped-up automobiles to stay ahead of federal agents and local police while transporting illegal whiskey on back roads in the dark of night. Fun fact, Shia LaBeouf is also in a movie about this. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) So the idea is, you know, pretty simple. You take a car that looks ordinary on the outside. You don't want it to look like it's souped up, and you modify the engine for greater speed, and you remove the floorboards, you take out the passenger seat and all of the back seats out of the car, and you store as many cases of liquor as possible in all those spots, and you install extra suspension springs to handle the extra weight. Mm. Because, of course, all liquor back then was in thick glass bottles, so right. it's heavy as fuck yeah those big um, cases of it mm-hmm. and you have a dirt protecting plate in front of the radiator and run the prohibited booze to customers by outsmarting or outrunning the authorities by going on like back roads dirt roads gravel roads like single lane roads going mm-hmm. the wrong way on single lane like all kinds of shit and so it's funny because i feel like everything i just described is like what a nascar car looks like yeah like, they don't have the seats they took out all the stuff like i just I, I just thought that was kind of funny that they kind of kept the, like, model. Yeah. I mean, the even same. the casing on them seems lighter. Yeah, actually. So, in NASCAR, the car cannot weigh less than uh, 3,400 pounds. I can't weigh less or can't weigh more? It can't weigh less than that. Okay. Because it'll be too dangerous. You're like, you could potentially, like, fly off. Oh, okay. Because uh, it's too light. So, a compact car, which I am assuming is, like, a smart car, is, like, about 3,000 pounds. A mid-sized car, like a car that we have, yeah, is about 3,400. Right. So 91% of NASCAR fans are white people, 78 uh, total are male, and the average age of those males are 42. And that surprises literally nobody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds right. Absolutely nobody is surprised. I just wanted to know the actual statistics of the fan base. I was very curious to know. Because well, that's what you think of when you think of a NASCAR fan. 42-year-old white man. Yep. I looked up, I googled NASCAR fans and a picture of a guy with a beer gut had a six-pack of beer tattooed to his abs. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's what you think yeah. of, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just what you think of. I mean, mullets and stuff. Honestly, I do think of that age group of white man, and then I think of, like, 
an America hat or shirt or both. Yeah, the patriotism. Yeah. And I, I actually talked to Ben about this because Ben is actually probably the only person I know who actually has some interest in NASCAR. He believes that the whole, like, this is something I didn't research because I'd already researched so fucking much. After 9-11 is when they really, really picked up that patriotism vibe and was like, American flag everywhere. I don't know enough about NASCAR prior to 2001 to really say anything different. If you okay. know anything different, tell us. Yeah, <laughs> feel I free. I don't feel like looking up what NASCAR was like in the 90s. Yeah. I just don't. So last year in 2020, uh, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace publicly did this whole like Black Lives Matter thing. And he's a big NASCAR guy. And like everyone... he painted it on his car or something? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he wore a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and he like talked about it and everything. And uh, some people were super stoked. A lot of people were super mad. Um, unfortunately, due to statistics, uh, if you're in the South and it's just, you know, you regularly meet up with a group that's 91% white people, <laughs> there's going to be some racists there who are looking for places that are just white people. Yeah. It just is. It just, I, I'm sorry. It's just like, it just is. Yeah. He also stated that he believes that the Confederate flag needs to be banned total and shouldn't be allowed at any NASCAR events. And NASCAR was like, you know what? You're right. We're going to do that. So good, good for them. So everyone was like, what the fuck? Well, not everyone. Half the group is like, what the fuck? The other half is like, God, finally. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2020, NASCAR announced stating that it would ban the flag. And it sparked criticism, of course, from fans in the fucking deep south who have probably never met a person of color in their fucking lives. Yeah. We've met people like this where they believe, you know, their patriotism rooted in fabric that tells tales of heritage and story for some with this Confederate flag. And, like, it's my dead brethren or what the fuck ever. And, like, and for most everyone else, it's just a history of hatred. Yeah. So, like, they, maybe well, they, just get rid of it. I don't know. You have the American flag. Is that not good enough for you? Yeah. Like... Why, why do you have to have this Why flag? do you need this other flag? They fucking lost. Why do you need this flag of a failed nation that yeah. never happens? Like, get... Get over rid it. Rid of it. <laughs> you, didn't, you don't even know the people who died. Yeah. They're so dead so long ago. And they and, sucked. Yeah, so there's like, so why much... Why do you want to be proud of them? I don't get it. There's so much hatred associated with that flag. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Why would you want to be associated with hatred? God, right? I'm just like, maybe you and your little small neighborhood all believe it means something else. But the rest of the world is just looking at you like, okay, so they're racist. Yeah. There's only been four black drivers to have raced in NASCAR's top series. So just, that's a fact. Well, so. <laughs> but I, and I mentioned this to you earlier. That could also just be because of the percentages. Because when I you agree. consider that like 91% of NASCAR's fan base is white and 78% is white men. That's a like, scary place to be. Yeah. I don't want to be anywhere well, that then, is 78% middle-aged white men. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like it, it, you know, there was that much interest from, you know, people of color. So, like, it doesn't They also make, probably don't feel sense. fucking welcome. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel welcome. Especially when they just <laughs> now are getting rid of Confederate flags. So Yeah, like, uh -huh. So that's understandable that there are only four black drivers. So I got some random NASCAR facts for you. All right. All right. So drivers go about 200 miles per hour, which covers about the length of a football field in one second. Woo, fuck. And <laughs> that's fast. No, thank you. It's fast. It goes so fast that NASCAR drivers, so the force of gravity of how fast they're going, or the G-force, is simply like acceleration due to gravity. So it like pushes you back. Yeah. Essentially. Well, when you turn, you have to look. And it's so much force is put on you that um, 
it's really difficult to actually turn your neck. You can injure yourself just driving that fast and trying to turn your neck. So NASCAR drivers basically have to train their necks to be able to move. Wow. (laughs) Otherwise, they could be injured. That's insane. Yeah, it's they are required to do specific strengthening of their neck muscles to counter the G-forces. The Daytona 500 drivers do 200 laps to complete the race. A lot of them don't complete the race. You pretty much get a medal for just fucking completing it. Insane. Like, don't like don't even think about being first. Like, <laughs> that must push so much pressure and, like, strain on your body. Oh, yeah. It's constant strain on your body. Yeah. The, I found this really weird speech. Given by this pastor, Joe Nelms, he gave a prayer before the Nationwide Series race, the Nashville Speedway in 2011, and it is just the weirdest prayer speech I'd ever heard, but I feel like it fits NASCAR (laughs) so well. So, you know, he gave thanks to God and to Dodge and to Toyota and GM, you know, they're all the same caliber and, you know... God and Dodge side by side. (laughs) God, Dodge, and Toyota all right there together. Oh man. Um, And (laughs) Seneca Gasoline, he said, Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife. Oh my God, that's like straight out of Talladega Nights. In Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Sir? Straight out of Talladega Nights. It's straight out of Talladega Nights. (laughs) Dear God. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. And there's also NASCAR-sponsored Harlequin romance novels. And there's like a bajillion of them all written. And they have the NASCAR logo on the books. What? On the books. It's all coming out of me. Ah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Race for my heart. Oh, oh. It's the titles are good. So I, first of all, was like, I want to know if these are actually female. They're all female authors. And I was like, but are they actually or are they female authors? Are they male authors with a pen name? I Googled this one woman who's an absolute fucking legend, by the way. I was like, who is this woman? She wrote multiple, multiple NASCAR. And it's confirmed, like. And I looked it up. There's she's a real person. Dangerous Curves has to be my favorite one by her, by Pamela Britton. Spicy. Um, and Pamela has other lovely known works like Cowboy MD. Oh, man. Cowboy MD deserves its own show. I need to know where the, where she's from. Oh, I hope, Texas. I just hope. I look have up, to look. Look up Pamela Britton. She's written so many I, if romance you guys, novels. But if I have, I have Dangerous Curves. I have, I have a little synopsis for you. If you're guessing Texas, I'm guessing Florida. She looks Texas to me, but she could be Florida. Wow. I mean, NASCAR was founded in Daytona. Um, so NASCAR was founded in Florida. All right. Well, you look this up. I'm going to read this yes, lovely description. So Dangerous Curse by Pamela Britton. Special agent Cece Blackwell is smart, savvy, and knows her way around a race car. Heading up a team to investigate the murder of a NASCAR driver is right up her alley. Oh, what'd you find? What'd you find? Arizona. Arizona. Close enough. Arizona. Close enough. The only problem is NASCAR star Blaine Sanders, the man who requested her. Blaine is 
well-heeled, well-connected, and drop-dead gorgeous. Oh, boy. And he knew Cece when she was a drag-racing tomboy with grease under her nails. But Cece has grown up since then in all the right places. No! (laughs) And while catching the killer is her main objective, she's on above making the man who ignored her as a teenager squirm a little. Two people on a surefire collision course, but Cece and Blaine are about to discover that the sweetest victory does not always come from winning. All right. So Cowboy MD. Okay. <laughs> Cowboy MD, let's go. No, Cowboy MD is not NASCAR related, but boy, it deserved a shout out. So Cowboy MD. Allison Forrester has come to this idyllic California dude ranch to recruit Dr. Nicholas Shepard. I'm sorry, dude ranch? Dude ranch. Okay. <laughs> to recruit Dr. Nicholas Shepard for the burnt unit at her hospital. Thanks to doctors like him, she survived the fiery crash that killed her parents. He's not going to waste his time and talent patching up rodeo cowboys, not if she can help it. Except the doc she finds is more spurs and saddles than scrubs and stethoscopes. Even more troubling, he's lost his faith in medicine and in his own abilities. But as Nick quickly discovers, it's not going to be easy saying no to this brave, beautiful woman and the sweet as honey Texas accent. And sometimes a physician needs a little help before he can heal himself. So last Harlequin romance novel, NASCAR Harlequin romance novel I want to give a shout out to is Speed Dating by Nancy Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Speed Dating. They all have fantastic titles. I gotta tell you. Speed Dating by Nancy Warren. One minute, I'm locked out of my hotel room. And the next, Dylan Hargreave thinks I'm an actress paid to pose as his girlfriend at a North Carolina society wedding. Okay. (laughs) How did this happen to me of all people? Kendall Clark, award-winning actuary, the ver- <laughs> Wait. Actuary. That's what it says, actuary. What's an actuary? I don't know. Look it up. The veritable shining star of number crunchers who just hours ago learned her responsible fiancé, sorry, ex-fiancé, caught off our wedding because he'd gotten one of my colleagues pregnant. What are the odds? Don't tell me you've never heard of Dylan Hargreave, celebrity NASCAR driver, People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year. Those eyes, that smile, forget sensible. I've assessed the risk, and I'm taking it. I usually keep the brakes on, but as of now, I'm taking a vacation from me. Okay, wow. <laughs> a lot to unpack. Also, what makes that ending great, the I've assessed the risk? An actuary is a person who compiles and analyzes statistics and uses them to calculate insurance risks. Amazing. So basically, the risks. She knows what she's doing. Okay, first of all, how do you become an award-winning insurance (laughs) risk person? (laughs) Also, this person is basically Ben Stiller from Along Came Polly. Yeah, it's just, I just can't. Oh my God, I read some of these descriptions and I'm like, wow, Tumblr fanfic is sounding less out there for me. You know? I bet some of it like was probably based there. I and bet they're just like, yeah, sure, this is interesting. The Tumblr fanfiction writers are the children of these people. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so fun fact, you are not required to have a driver's license to be a NASCAR driver. What the hell? <laughs> that seems like step one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have a 
state license. I mean, I guess you don't have to file, follow the rules of the road on a NASCAR track. Yeah, you just turn left. You just forever. All right. There's no right is turns. There, is there like some kind no of blinkers? Uh, I assume there is. There's so much other training that goes into it to yeah. make it like less dangerous. I don't know. Okay, so maybe um, there's an equivalent. So temperatures in NASCAR vehicles often exceed 100 degrees, um, reaching as high as 170 degrees toward the floorboards. Ugh. So these boys are sweating. They are toasty. They are toasty They are being toast. cooked in that car. And it all makes sense when they get out of their cars now and like dump water on themselves. I'm like, I'd do that too. Fuck it. Well, yeah. And they're in these literally like full... Like the safety gear, I guess. It's like they're, long-sleeved... They're jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. That and they're like padded on the inside, and then they got the the helmet on, and like more padding around the fucking neck area. So yeah, that's got to be fucking hot. I yeah, I'd go yeah. dump any kind of liquid that I could on my body. Yep, and that makes the whole two hundred fucking laps thing way more intense. Like, it yep. seems like the goal of NASCAR is to kill the drivers. Yeah, you'd think you'd think that, which unfortunately sometimes it does. Yeah. In fact, kill the drivers. Yeah, they get they get very short breaks even when doing this 200 laps and they push the cars to extreme speeds, making the engine and other parts emit just a shit ton of heat. Yeah. And so drivers often sweat as much as 10 pounds of sweat during these races. Which I'm sure is part of why most of them are very fit. Yeah, they're just sweating up. They probably they're eat just, so many carbs. So yeah, much. They, they just, just need to eat they so just much. melt all the food they eat off. Oh, God, yeah. They are, they are always skinny, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so NASCAR engines actually only last one race, which is wild to me that they have to replace the fucking engine after every race. But yeah, after 200 laps in the Daytona 500, the engine is basically worn out and can no longer provide the full power needed to make those incredible speeds. Mm-hmm. But my last fact, which I was just like, oh my God. Oh, my God. oh boy. Related... It's a little related to the heat, I think. NASCAR drivers are not allowed to take bathroom breaks. And it's hours, right? And so it's not unusual to just piss yourself while driving. Just pee on yourself. And uh, so another reason why sometimes you see a NASCAR driver pour water all over themselves after exiting the vehicle uh, is sometimes to cool themselves off, but also to hide the fact that they peed themselves and they cut themselves in water. So the whole suit matches one color. It's gross. Um, As Ralph Dale Arnhart Jr. uh, said, when you gotta go, you gotta go. No oh boy. I don't know what he sounds like, but in my head, that's what a Ralph Ar- <laughs> Earnhardt Jr. would sound like. Uh, that one I actually do know. You knew that? Yeah. Because, I did well, not I mean, know that. I'm from Florida, so I know like... I'm from Florida. I know NASCAR. I, well, I know a couple <laughs> things. Like, when you live in the state that has the Daytona 500... There's like a, that's fair. It's only fair that I know that like is fair. We a couple the, things. We have the Atlanta Motor Speedway, but it's not as big. Yeah, was, and like NASCAR wasn't founded on the Atlanta Motor Speedway. No. It was founded in Daytona. But like, it's just like the most popular track. And then my brother really liked it, so that was, uh, that's reason number two. It adds. It adds on. My cousin is named Harley after Harley Davidson. After Harley Davidson, not Harley Quinn. Yeah, which is just like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's all I got on cars this time. I was mostly excited about the Harley Quinn romance novels because holy fucking hell. I'm glad we could end on a lighter note because I know. Yeah, I wanted to. We I, start off heavy. I knew your 
I already knew you were going to do some pretty heavy stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to make this light. We're just going to, we're not going to talk about the horrific crashes in NASCAR, which by the way, the biggest crash in NASCAR happened in 1960 with 37 vehicles, but there was very minimal injury. You know, Brendan told me a story about like how he went to see a race and saw a crash. Yeah, some people go to see the crashes, which is just honestly upsetting. Yeah, well, I mean, so what he says is that, like, you know, there's a part of you that goes and you're just like, oh, I wonder if – or, like, I kind of hope I'm going to see a crash. But then once it happened, he was like, no, it's just, like, pure horror because you're just like, oh, my God, I hope that person's okay. Yeah, like, when people – the expression, it's like watching a car crash, you can't look away. I actually don't like watching car crashes. I don't want to watch that. I don't like watching people get injured. Yeah. And movie movie violence is different because, like, I know it's all fake. I know it's a movie. But, yeah. like, like I remember America's Funniest Home Videos. Like, all the people constantly send videos of people getting hurt. And I, like, hated it. I was like, I don't like watching that. I Me don't too. Wanna, I, I just don't like it. So I want to thank our newest patron, Will Gallup. Thank you. And just a reminder that you can join our Patreon and you'll get early access on all of our episodes because, boy, I just get backlogged and it takes me a while to release episodes sometimes. And a lot of times people can't make it to this, you know, the stream on Twitch and whatever because scheduling. And so if you just want to check it out at your leisure, you can just join the Patreon. It's accessible for all patrons. Like, cool. Um, we also have additional videos on there, um, and we're doing an interview episode this Wednesday. It's not live, it's pre-recorded. We're kind of doing everything pre-recorded from now Yeah. Due to, like, how life has been. Um, but I'm really, I'm personally really excited about it. It's with, uh, Mads Wasden, who is a council member of the Atlanta chapter of the Satanic Temple. And so we have a lot of questions about satanism essentially Mm -hmm. and like what the satanic temple stands for does and so if you guys have any questions you have for her that are of course appropriate yeah you know know, we are we will filter the questions oh also we got another uh story that was submitted to us another creepy story from someone so i want to go ahead and read that and just a reminder, we love everyone's personal spooky stories, and we would love for you to send them to us. You're more than welcome to send whatever you want that is a creepy story, or yes. even like a true crime thing, whatever you Anything. want Anything. Yeah, it could be ghost, paranormal, it could be true crime, it can be real, it could just be a weird thing that happened to you that you were like, this was worth mentioning. Anything you want to tell us, really. Yeah, like we're, we're open to hear about it. We might read it mm-hmm. on the air, whatever. Um, so this was, uh, sent to us by Michael Nestick, and he says, Hi, you all asked for scary occurrences back in your Possessed Toys episode, which was quite some time ago. (laughs) I have several for you all, but here's one for now. Back in 2009, my friends and I thought it would be a great idea to go to a graveyard of Confederate General Bob Lee. Oh, Robert E. Lee. Bob Lee. (laughs) Bobby. Who the fuck's Bob? Oh, boy. Um, and try to go ghost hunting there. During that time, I was severely depressed. Things had happened with an ex-girlfriend, and they thought going out for, for that would cheer me up. While my friends and I were walking through the graveyard, and I had this burning sensation randomly on my ribs, and then a massive force. It knocked the wind out of me and hurt so damn bad. After that, we left and went back to my home. My side was red. I had trouble breathing. And after a few days, they were reviewing for EVPs. And there was a few creepy things like, get out. 
and such, but the worst was a small voice that was heard before I screamed in pain of, watch it. I scream, and then a voice says, oops, I broke him. Ugh. Went to the doctor the next day. Turned out I had two broken ribs. That's insane. Never went ghost hunting again. That's my tale. Holy crap. That's terrifying. I went ghost hunting once, drunk in New Orleans, and I flirted with the ghosts, and they thought I was cute. Yeah. Uh, I was asking them yesterday no questions. I was like, am I cute? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, yeah, that's definitely way more horrifying. I can't imagine. And like oh, hearing God. it too, hear it like to back to you. To hear the EVP back? Yeah. Like, uh, and oops, hear, I broke him. Yeah, hearing <laughs> that like over your scream and then, ugh, that's so creepy. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. Yeah, that was a cool story. That's fucking spooky. I mean, last week's was spooky as hell, too, being personally haunted by a creepy demon. I just, I, I, <laughs> ghost stories, man. Yeah. Freaky. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for listening. And you can follow us on social media. Um, we are on Twitter, sort of Facebook, also Instagram. <laughs> Pretty much Instagram is the same posts on Facebook, so if you want to pick an app pick whatever one, one you use the whichever most. one works i'm trying to use twitter more as our main platform but like I'm, I'm getting better at it it's fine and i also wanted to say thank you all who might be listening who came from the dead meat podcast episode that i did um it was so much fun doing that interview or really just having a conversation with Chelsea and James. I'm so excited to have been on the show and I'm so happy for all of you who might have found us through them. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks again for joining us. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.